We want to remind you that our intersection service is also going to be live streaming their service as well. So I'd invite you to visit our website, stmlive.org. And, uh, and, and worship along with our intersection team. Also, uh, Kate is going to be uh, streaming out her children's moment. So I'd invite you as a family and, uh, to watch uh, the great things Kate wants to share with us this morning through her children's moment. This morning's text is going to come from Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 through 14. Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14. The hand of the Lord came upon me. And he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me around them. There were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dirt, very dry. He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you, and I will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded, and I suddenly voice, a rattling, bone came together, bone to bone. I looked, and there were sinews on him, on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them. But they were Then he said to me, Mortal, he said to me, said to me Prophesy to the breath, prophesy to mortal, and say to the breath, Come from the four winds, O breath, breathe, breathe upon the slain, that they may live. I prophesied me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. Then he said to me, Mortal, the Israel, they say our bones are dried up and our hope is lost, and we are cut off completely. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, I am going to open your graves. And bring you up from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people. I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live. And I will place you on your own soil, and you, you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act. Says the people of God. Thanks be to God. I've often said one of the challenges we face sometimes when we read the Bible is we'll start in Genesis. And Genesis is great, man. Genesis is stories that we know, that we love. I mean, in Genesis, you get Adam and Eve, you get Noah, you get the ark, you get Jacob wrestling with God, you get Joseph in the, the, the color coat of many colors. There's all these great stories in Genesis. Genesis and then you keep going to Exodus, and Exodus is pretty fun. Exodus is good. But then you hit about Exodus 20, and you get the Ten Commandments. You're like, okay, cool, the Ten Commandments are awesome. And then you keep going, and you get more and more and more of the law. And then if you get through Exodus, okay, I'm done. I'm out. I, I, I just can't. I, just, I, I don't care how you plant your crops. I'm, I'm done. And so typically, we'll get to Leviticus, and we'll tend to want to stop. I would say power through and keep reading because Leviticus has some interesting stuff to tell us, I believe. I've talked about it before, but Leviticus tells us a lot about God's desire for the people to be different. And you get through that and, you know, you get through the Psalms and Proverbs and stuff. And then you get weird things in there. Jeremiah especially is called to do some, some odd things at times. And you're scratching your head a little bit and saying, okay. Daniel has some interesting things. But Ezekiel, 
Man, when you get to Ezekiel, you open that bad boy up, and there's a wheel within a wheel, and it's spinning, and it's crazy, and you're like, okay, I don't know what this is saying or how he bumped his head, but there's something going on there that I don't quite understand, and I don't even know what to do with it. Ezekiel is one of the more interesting books in the Bible to me. It's got some really cool things, but it's also a I think as Christians, sometimes we can miss the true importance of Ezekiel. Because, yes, it is, it is a different book. I mean, it starts off, like I said, with the wheel, within the wheel, and all these things happening there that can be really confusing to us and can maybe not make as much sense to us, so we're tempted just to kind of look past it and move on and not worry. But I think it's important for us to stop and ponder Ezekiel, especially in the context in which we find ourselves in right now. Let's talk a bit about Jewish history. Um, when you see God call Abraham in, in Genesis, God promises Abraham a lot of stuff. You're going to have this land that I'm going to give to you. That's his first call to Abraham. says, go to the land that I will show you. I'm going to give you a land. I'm going to give you a people. I'm going to give you descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the stars in the heaven and as the sand of the seashore. You're going to have all of these amazing. And then God seals this covenant, this promise that he has made to Abraham. He seals it with circumcision. So, eventually, Exodus happens. The people go into slavery. They're freed. They come to the promised land. Tabernacle. David becomes king eventually. Solomon built a temple. So the people, that God is with them. Like we know God's with us. His word has promised us that he will love and never leave nor forsake us. So that we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We know that God is with us in these ways as Christians. We have the seal of the Spirit on our hearts is what, what Paul tells us. That it is our deposit, our inheritance. The Spirit confirms God's presence within us. We experience God through worship. I hope you are experiencing God as we worship. We know God's presence with us in so many ways. Communion, when we is God's presence. Baptism, the sacraments. Scripture, what Wesley would call the means of grace. These things remind us of God's presence. But for the Jewish people, there were three major ways they knew that God was with them. The promises that God gave them. And the first promise that God gave to Abraham was the land. Go to the land that I will show you. That was the very first sign that God was with them. Within that was circumcision. Circumcision was the seal of that covenant. It was their marking that they were children of God's covenant. It was with them. And third was the temple. For it's in the temple that the glory of God resided. They worshiped there. They offered sacrifices there. They gathered there. And there in the most innermost sanctum was the Holy of Holies. God. So the people of Israel knew that God was with them because they had the land, they had the temple, and they had circumcision. Those three things affirmed to them God's presence. Then something that happens, there's a civil war, or there's a division of the kingdom. The northern kingdom, Israel, emerges. Then you have the southern kingdom of Judah. 
Eventually, Assyria conquered and destroyed the northern kingdom. And Babylon came and attacked the southern kingdom. And when Babylon came, boy, did they ever. They came. And they knocked down the walls. Nehemiah Nehemiah tells later how the walls were rebuilt. They knocked down the walls, destroyed the temple, and took the people into exile. So now you have a large of the people of Israel that are part of the Babylonian exile. Okay, the Babylonian exile is when from Judah, from Jerusalem, and taken into Babylon. By the way, Judah, their kingdom, and Babylon was eventually shortened to Jew. The Babylonian exile was one of the most pivotal and important moments in Jewish history. So many things about their identity was formed in that moment. So remember, the people knew that God was with them. How they know God was with them? Well, three things. They had the land. They have the temple. And they have circumcision. In the Babylonian exile, guess what? They have been taken from the land. They're no longer in the land. And even those who have remained in the land are no longer in control of it. Babylon is in control now. They no longer have the land. Many have been taken away into exile. And those that remain no longer the Babylon is in control. The land is no longer theirs. Strike one. Well, they got the temple. Not anymore. Babylon destroyed it. Knocked it down. No longer allowed worship there. They no longer had the temple. It was gone. Those that were in Babylon could not go to the temple and worship. And those that were in Judah could not worship there. So the land was gone. The temple was gone. And Babylon, do you remember from your history, uh, Hellenism, where the Greeks tried to make lands they conquered Greek? Babylon did the same thing. Babylon wanted to make you Babylonian. So they took these, uh, these Jewish young men and women to Babylon and gave them Babylonian names. They gave them Babylonian customs. Read Daniel unpacks, the book of Daniel unpacks a lot of this. We did not allow you to work out. No longer the covenants. The covenants that were promised to their ancestors. Now no more. So, how do they know God's with them? The land, the temple, the covenants. Here they are in Babylon. No land, no temple, no covenants. God's no longer there. Can I be transparent with you right now? Most of you know me. Know that I'm pretty transparent. I, I love the, the old Abraham Lincoln line. I've told it to you many times where Lincoln says, if I was two-faced, you think this is the face that I'd wear? It's incredibly hard for me to look out and preach to an empty sanctuary right now. One of the, one of the perks of 
working at the church is I get a key to the sanctuary. And I've always been to come in here and pray anytime I wanted to. Go over to the prayer room. Pray there anytime I wanted to. One of the, the highlights of my ministry was, um, was getting to preach first time ever at the tabernacle at Camp Wesley Pines. Because the Wesley Pines is where I first really felt the call to ministry. And Wesley Pines, I felt God strengthen my faith so many times, both as a child, as a teenager, and as an adult. So getting to preach there to children a few years back was about the highlight of my life. I'm, I'm a huge fan of place. <laughs> Even now, working from home, um, I, I, I have an have office set up in, a, in, in, in our spare room. Uh, I, I, I get up and I, I shower and I shave and I, I put on work clothes and I go to work. I got, I got, a place matters to me. Place is a huge deal to me. I, I got to have that. So to preach in front of an empty church right now hurts me a little bit. Because I've always found God in places like this. I have. I've always found God in places like this. Many of you may feel the same right now. Your attachment to the physical place is like mine, and it, it hurts not to be there. It's weird to wake up on Sunday, and even though we're having church online, and not gather together with those you love. It's a weird thing. And so it's very easy in these moments to feel like, well, where's God? Where's God? You know? We can feel like the, feel like the Jewish people sometimes. They had the Babylonian exile. We have our quarantine. They, they could not experience God in the places that they knew. I think we're going to be very honest. Many of us feel the same way right now. And that's why the book of Ezekiel is so amazing. Because what do we find happening here? There's Ezekiel in a foreign land. And what does he see? He sees the glory of God. What does he hear? He hears the voice of God. What does he experience? He experiences the power of God. And the, the psalmist said this. I mean, the Jewish people knew it. The psalmist says that the heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool. They knew that God's power was greater than just that of Jerusalem. They know that God was greater than just that of the temple. They knew these things. They knew it. We know as a people that God exists outside of the physicality of this sanctuary. Yes, this place is holy. Yes, this place is amazing. And yes, I can't wait to gather up with all of y'all whenever the time is right for us to be back together again. But God is not bound by these walls. God is not bound by this physical location. God exists everywhere, and everywhere we go, we can experience God through the power of His Holy Spirit. For the Jewish people, this was revolutionary because Ezekiel shows that God is not bound to the temple. God is not bound to the Holy Land. God is not bound to these things, but that God explodes into their life whenever they are looking to experience Him. God's Spirit comes when they are looking to experience Him. When they open up their hearts and their minds and their souls, they will experience the power of God just like you will this morning. The same God that spoke to Ezekiel is the same God that right now 
wherever you find yourself, as you're watching or listening to this, it's the same God that will speak to you now. That's what God does. That's what God does. They have the exile. We have our quarantine. But God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And just as Ezekiel shows us, he has not left his people. Y'all, he hasn't left you either. He is with you. And in fact, that's what's so key when we look and see what happened in this text here. Ezekiel prophesies over these dry bones. And they come to life. Then God says, prophesy again. Breathe into him the Spirit. The whole, the, the, anytime you see the word Spirit in Scripture, that's speaking or referencing the Holy Spirit. Breathe into him the Spirit of life, and they will live again. Then he says, Therefore I prophesy to the people and say, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open up your graves and bring you up from your graves. I will put my spirit within you and you shall live and I will place you on your own soil. You shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. God is not done, friends. God is at work. God is moving in you now. How many of you now are spending more time with your kids than you thought you ever would? Spending more time with spouses. I, I saw a, a pretty good um, internet picture the other day, a meme, where uh, the wife says, my husband sat beside me on the couch, and I heard him lovingly say, the best part about this is that I get to spend more time with you. I looked at him with eyes of love and realized that he was talking to the dogs. So we're all getting to spend time with those we love, our spouses, our dogs, our children. Not getting as much time, spend as much time with Tim as he would like. But one day, Tim, one day, I'll be able to come to your office and aggravate you every day again, like the Lord desires. So in this time, like I said earlier, for the, for the Jewish people, the Babylonian exile formed them. This is when the scriptures were really compiled together and bound in this way. This is when so many things about the Jewish identity was formed. God used this time of exile to shape the people that would bring forth Christ. This was a huge moment in them. This quarantine, this time right now, it's going to be a huge moment in your life. It's going to shape your families, shape everything about you. Won't all be easy, won't all be fun, but it will all be powerful. God will use it. But God will speak. He will bring us from this and place us back on our soil. He will act, is what his word says. God will speak. So my challenge to you this week is to make space. Give yourself time to listen. The people said, well, God can't speak. We're no longer the land. We no longer have the covenants. We no longer have the temple. And boom, there he was. God is with you now. He wants to speak to you now. He wants to fill you with his spirit now.
He is at work now. Rejoice. So Ezekiel saw a wheel in a wheel and knew that God did great things. Friends, what will we see? What will we experience? And what testimonies to God's glory will we be able to share with our loved ones and our friends? They experienced God in a foreign land. Today, friends, today, friends, we will experience God's glory wherever it is that we find ourselves. Today, may we know that glory of God. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for Ezekiel, for his message, for his testimony, for your power in him and through him. God, help us to live in that same expectation of your presence, that same expectation of your hope. We love you. Be with us now, God. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.